You're listening to Comedy Central. Live from Comedy Central's World News Headquarters in New York, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah presents Votegasm 2020, Super Tuesday. Enough of this one-state-at-a-time bullshit. And tonight we are coming to you live on Super Tuesday. That's right, folks. The big Democratic primary voting night is officially here. This is the big night when Democrats in 14 states across America will decide whether the Democratic nominee should be an old man or an even older man. (laughs) Now remember, Super Tuesday is super important because whichever nominee comes out on top tonight gets a big boost in the race for the Democratic nomination. And you also get all the losing candidates' lunch money. So let's kick it off (laughs) with a few of the results that we already know, right? Vermont was easily won by the original founder of the state, Bernie Sanders. (laughs) Already off to a win. And, and we know that Colorado has also gone his way, but... It's looking like tonight is all about Joe Biden because black voters just put him over the top all across the South. In Virginia, he won by 30%. And he's also been declared the winner in North Carolina and in Alabama. So right now, black people are embracing Biden so hard. I wouldn't be surprised if he rolls up to his next debate speech just like, Wakanda for, uh, you know the thing, (laughs) you know the thing. Now, we can also report that Michael Bloomberg has won the territory of American Samoa. Yeah. (laughs) Which means he gets their delegates and full control of their Girl Scout cookies. (laughs) It's not Thin Mints, but it's something. Now, here's the thing. Every network tonight can give you the primary results as they happen. But here at The Daily Show, my friends, we've invested in technology that can predict who will win every state before the votes are even counted. So let's turn to our senior election analyst, Ronnie Chang, everybody! (laughs) Ronnie... Ronnie's standing by at our state-of-the-art Daily Show votecaster. Ronnie, let's not waste any time. What have you got for us? That's right, Trevor. Thanks to the votecaster, I can tell you who has won the biggest prize of the night. California. Oh. Oh, damn, sorry. Uh, I just need to log in here. Shit. Okay, uh... Sorry, I just gotta remember my password here. Uh, well, just, just put, in, put in the password. We gotta go, we're live, we're live, we gotta go. Yeah, 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 what, 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 what was it again? I haven't used this thing in like four years now. <laughs> what was it? Uh, uh, what was I into four years ago? I mean, all my, all my passwords are like something to do with pop culture. So what was it? Like, uh, was this something to do with Deadpool or was it Lincoln? Was that four years ago or was that? I mean, it was a great movie either way, but uh, uh, maybe it was, uh, was it Hiddleswift? I think it was Hiddleswift. Hiddleswift? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you're t- uh, Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift. Hiddleswift, you remember? <laughs> you were so in love, remember? I really thought you were gonna make it. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I really think that's what the password is, but I don't want to get locked out. You just a... click forgot password, Ronnie. <laughs> okay, geez, someone's in a rush. All right, fine, uh, I'll just click forgot password here. Uh, oh, damn, uh, security question. Uh, who is your best friend? Who's... Well, Ronnie, that's, that's easy. We don't have time for this. Just write my name. You always say we're best friends. Write my name. Let's go. Well, 
I mean, you're a good friend, but I mean, you're definitely the best friend in the room, but you're not like security question best friend, right? I, I mean, someone who just comes to mind immediately. Like, who, who is it? Like, Roy? Is it Roy? Is it Desi? I mean, it's definitely not Michael Costa. God, you know what, Ronnie? This, we're live. We don't have time for this. I'm so sorry, everyone. We'll figure it out. Figure it out. We'll check in with Ronnie Chang later. Okay, as it stands. It looks like this Super Tuesday is a lot more dramatic than previously anticipated. Because remember a few weeks ago, people were saying that Bernie was gonna clean up, right? But then after Biden dominated South Carolina, he was neck and neck with Bernie. And what's propelled him even further was getting help from a few new friends. Former Vice President Joe Biden is riding into Super Tuesday on a fresh wave of support. Three of his former rivals, Pete Buttigieg, Amy Klobuchar, and Beto O'Rourke, made last-minute endorsements before today's critical votes. At a dueling rally, Senator Bernie Sanders spoke in Minnesota, Senator Klobuchar's home state, where he extended an olive branch. To all of Amy and Pete's millions of supporters, the door is open, come on in! The door is open, but close it after you walk in. Air conditioning isn't cheap. (laughs) Come on, quickly, quickly, quickly. But yes, last night was big for Joe Biden because he got all the endorsements of his former rivals. Yeah, Buttigieg came out to say Joe is the only one who could unite the party. Klobuchar came out to say that Joe is the best choice for moderates. And Beto O'Rourke came out to remind people he still exists. (laughs) I was the guy who dropped the F-bombs. So you don't have to be a genius. You don't have to be a genius to notice that the Democratic Party right now is at a crossroads. On one side, you've got Bernie's revolution. On the other side, Biden's return to normalcy. Now, some people fear that this could become a rift that destroys the Democrats. And Donald Trump wants to do his part to make sure that happens. No, I think it's rigged against Bernie, but maybe he'll pull it through. It was rigged against me four years ago, and I pulled it through. I think it's rigged against Bernie. Buttigieg just went out and said something, and probably they'll say, hey, look, if I win, I'll put you in the administration. That's called quid pro quo, right? Quid pro quo. Yeah, something tells me the only thing Trump has learned from the entire Ukraine scandal is the phrase quid pro quo. (laughs) You know what it's like? It's almost like Trump has one of those word of the day calendars, but every word is a crime he personally committed. If you ask me, this whole nomination is being embezzled. But Trump isn't the only thing plaguing the Democratic primary right now. There's also an actual plague. You see, because the coronavirus is out there, right? And there are concerns that Democratic voters are not gonna turn out the way people expect them to uh, because they don't wanna pick up the same pen that a thousand people have already coughed on. So to put the voters at ease, the Democratic Party had to improvise. Super worries on this Super Tuesday, not over how voting is going, but how this virus is spreading. We've given hand sanitizer, sanitary wipes. We've given gloves to our poll workers. We've also given them some instructions from the CDC about how to use hand sanitizers, just proper hygiene. Some are actually uh, sending greeters to people's cars to take their ballots right from them so that nervous voters don't have to interact with the public. The polling locations aren't very busy inside because of drive-by voting. Hey, uh, are you changing it from uh, Klobuchar or Bert, our, our yeah. Buttigieg? Yeah. Yeah, so you're coming in and you're gonna mark it differently. Yeah. Can we ask you who? No. <laughs> okay, no, no answer. Yeah, because of coronavirus, polling sites, polling sites are giving people uh, hand sanitizer, they're giving them gloves, and some states have even instituted drive-by voting, yeah, which is apparently not as cool as it sounds. No, because when they said drive-by voting, I thought it means someone pulls out of, out of nowhere and just like, this is for Medicare, bitch! Ah! Ah! 
I voted, I voted, I voted. <laughs> now, while election officials are trying their damnedest to limit the spread of the coronavirus between voters, at a Bernie rally in Minnesota last night, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar seemed to be going for a completely different approach. Are you all ready for this revolution? <laughs> I want each one of you in the audience to take a quick moment with me. Hold the hand of the person to your right. <laughs> it's gonna be all right. No, it's not. <laughs> what are you doing? This is like step-by-step instructions for spreading coronavirus. <laughs> Okay, now lick your finger and put it in your neighbor's nose. (laughs) And at first I was like, why is Ilhan Omar doing this? This is crazy. But then I was like, oh man, this is actually genius when you think about it, right? Because because just, just think about it, think about it. You've got all of those people in that room, right? And what are all those people gonna need after the germs have been exchanged? Free healthcare. Who do you get free healthcare from? Bernie Sanders, boom. (laughs) 3D chess. 3D chess. All right, I've just been told that Ronnie Chang finally has his vote caster back up and running and uh, we can see which Democratic candidate has won the big one, California. So Ronnie, I guess this means you figured out who your best friend is? Yes, 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 I did, uh, Trevor. It turns out my best friend is Phoebe, okay? She was always my favorite. But now I'm stuck in this uh, stupid capture thing, all right? Uh, let Let me walk you through this. So you're supposed to click the squares that contain traffic lights. Ronnie, everyone knows how it works. Just click on the traffic lights. Let's move on. Yeah, okay, Einstein. It's not that easy, all right? I mean, okay, sure, this one, this one's definitely, this one is definitely a a traffic light, and uh, over here is obviously container traffic light, right? But then this is where it starts to get tricky, okay? (laughs) Because, like, this one's clipping the edge over here. Is this a traffic light? And, I mean, you got the pole here. Is the pole part of traffic light? I mean, is this a trick question? I mean, who knows what's happening? In fact, you know what? You know what? Okay, okay, okay. You know what? Let me just la- ask the audience here, okay? No, who thinks no, this is ask- part of traffic light? Anybody here? Who thinks this is traffic light? Okay, yeah. okay. No, don't encourage it, Ronnie. Why are you making this such a big deal? Just click the pole. Who cares? Uh, Trevor, I care, okay? Because if I get this wrong, I'm a robot. <laughs> Ronnie, we just want you to tell us who won California. Uh, California? I can't even tell you if I'm a robot right now, okay? All right, you know what, Ronnie? You have your existential crisis and we'll come back to you when you know what's actually going on. I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. This is, this is horrible. Um, now, this, this isn't just a big night for Bernie, uh, Biden, and the coronavirus. Perhaps the candidate who has the most writing on tonight is Mike Bloomberg, former New York City mayor and undefeated limbo champion. You see, <laughs> when he joined the race in November, Bloomberg came in with a bold strategy of completely ignoring the first four primaries and instead betting his entire campaign on making a big splash on Super Tuesday. And to make that happen, he's been spending money harder than a dad at Chuck E. Cheese trying to keep custody of his kids. By Super Tuesday, the candidates will have spent more than a billion dollars on the airwaves. Bloomberg alone accounts for half that spending. That spending includes more than one million a day on Facebook. Bloomberg has spent approximately $82 every second just in the month of January. Biden's campaign buying only $4,000 of digital ads in California, 4,000 while Bloomberg has spent 78 million 
on ads in that state alone. Bloomberg has hired 2,400 staffers cornering the market. Bloomberg's also snaffling up all the good staffers by paying them twice what other campaigns offer, as well as throwing in laptops and the latest iPhones and for some lucky staffers, fully furnished luxury apartments for them to stay in. Mike Bloomberg spent $11,000 on sushi, which equates to 9,000 sushi rolls from the New York restaurant they ordered from. God damn. Bloomberg spent $11,000 on sushi? Yo, for that kind of money, I better be eating The Little Mermaid. That's a shit ton. But I mean, for Bloomberg though, spending $11,000 on sushi is, it's nothing. I mean, in fact, this guy is so rich, he did something over the weekend that no other candidate has the money nor the ego to do. He bought out an entire commercial break. Mike Bloomberg actually ran an ad yesterday, spent about a million dollars doing it, a three-minute ad designed to look a little bit like an Oval Office address. Good evening. I know this has been a very worrisome week for many Americans. The coronavirus is spreading and the economy is taking a hit. As Americans, we've faced many challenges before and we have overcome them together by looking out for one another. And I'm confident that is how we will get through this one as well. I'm Mike Bloomberg, and I approve this message. You know, there's rich, and then there's billionaire rich. Because you realize this guy made his own Oval Office <laughs> and then bought his own presidential address. I didn't even know you could do that. <laughs> yeah. And it looks legit. I bet some people were confused. You, you know, Trump was watching that like, shh, the president is talking. <laughs> Shut up, everybody. They're like, sir, you're the president. I'm Mike Bloomberg? <laughs> So Bloomberg spent over a million dollars to convince all of us that he's the man to defeat coronavirus. But then a video Bloomberg released yesterday of him eating pizza suggests that he actually may be part of the problem. <laughs> he licked his fingers and then he goes back and touches everything else. <laughs> that is so disgusting. I bet the coronavirus watched that and was like, oh, I need to wash my hands. <laughs> oh. So, so just remember, Mike Bloomberg has spent over half a billion dollars trying to win this nomination. But all, all that money seems to have bought him is people digging up skeletons from his past and a debate where Elizabeth Warren completely burned him to the ground. In fact, that night was such a humiliating one that Donald Trump has even made it part of his latest comedy routine. She was really mean to Minnie Mike, I'll tell you, the way she treated him. He didn't know what hit him. He's going, oh, get me off of this stage. Get me off! Get me off of this stage! Oh, shit! Uh, that was some pretty good comedy. I'm, I don't know what I'm more impressed by, Trump's Bloomberg impression or, or the fact that he was able to do a squat. <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty slick. So after 15 weeks of everyone asking the question, can a billionaire buy the election? Tonight, we might have gotten our answer.
Michael Bloomberg is having a terrible night. Bloomberg is sinking like a rock. Mike Bloomberg, who is fair to say not having the night he thought he paid for. Campaign officials tell my uh, colleague Josh Letterman that Bloomberg will now reassess the campaign and once the data comes in. That's right, folks. It looks like yet again, Bloomberg has come up short. Wow! (laughs) I actually feel bad for this guy, man. Think about it, he came into this race with $60 billion and now he has what, $59.5 billion? (laughs) I would not wanna be him right now. (laughs) All right, before we go to an ad break, let's quickly check in with Ronnie Chang and the vote caster and see if he can give us anything. Ronnie, please tell me you're up and running. Yes, 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 I'm in now and uh, let's find out who won California. Mm. Oh. Oh, damn, sorry, I, uh, okay, we just gotta wait for this ad to play Ronnie, out. Ronnie, are, yeah. are you, are you, ads? Why didn't you just pay for the premium version? <laughs> okay, because Trevor, some of us don't have $12.99 a month just bought out of control, all right? <laughs> sorry, Forbes. Besides, it's, it's just an ad, okay? I can just skip it, look, it's, just, it's over before you know it, all right? You just have to press skip and, um, uh, oh, oh, damn, oh, I, sorry, I accidentally, <laughs> I accidentally opened the ad. Okay, damn, uh, okay, you know what? This one's on me, I'm sorry, this is my bad, my, my bad. Uh, Actually, you know what? That's actually a pretty dope jacket. I gotta say, I mean, that, I, I've actually been looking for a jacket like that. I mean, I mean, how does it know? It's, it's like you talk about it and it just shows up. I are, mean, you, are you being serious right now, Ronnie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I think leather's coming back, right? Uh, spring's here. I think I can pull this off. I mean, all, right, all right, all right. I'm so sorry, guys. This has been a complete waste of time and now we have to go for a short ad break. Why don't you just skip the ad? Shut up, Ronnie! <laughs> the Daily Show is live and we'll be back with more results from Super Tuesday. Don't go away! for Super Tuesday. So let's check in on some more results. Joe Biden has come out on top in Oklahoma. He's also won the state of Arkansas. And here's some exciting news. Tulsi Gabbard has won $3 in a scratch-off lottery ticket. (laughs) That's so cool, I never win in those. So we've gotten results from a number of states, but the biggest state of the night is still up in the air, California. And I, I feel like I'm gonna regret this, but let's try one more time with Ronnie Chang at the Votecaster. Ronnie, do you know who's winning yet? Yeah, Trevor, this guy! (laughs) Woo! Oh oh my God, it fit right off the rack! Did you believe that? That never happens. Look at this. I don't care about your red leather jacket. Just tell us who's winning in California, please. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, you got it, Trevor. Okay, let's start in uh, Alameda County, uh, California, where, uh, as you can see, Oh, 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 damn, sorry, uh, damn, the battery's dead. Are you serious, Ronnie? Yeah, 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 but it's okay, it's okay, it's fine. Uh, I just need a USB cord, but like the USB-C, not the one everyone has, the one that no one has. Does anyone have that? Thanks for nothing, Ronnie Chang. Now, we spent a lot of time tonight talking about the candidates, but campaigns are much more than just the candidates. They are thousands of staffers, donors, and everyday people supporting the candidates. And our own Desi Lydic caught up with one specific supporter who's contributing to his candidate in his own special way. With Super Tuesday at an end, let's salute the real heroes of this election. Campaign volunteers working tirelessly for candidates they believe in. And one Elizabeth Warren fan has been doing more than just giving you flyers to throw away. So anyone that shows me proof of a donation to Elizabeth Warren's campaign, I give them one month of free access to my personal porn account. 
come again? Sorry, can you uh, unpack that for me? Yeah. You know um, what I mean. Yes, I love Warren, I love her policies, so I give free access to my OnlyFans account, and I post videos of myself um, uh, having sex, um, f***ing, f***ing, play, f***ing a Domino's pizza. So, let me get this straight. You're doing f***ing, f***ing, and f***ing on a Domino's pizza for Elizabeth Warren? That is correct. But what is it about Warren that made Kenny take matters into his own hand? Number one, um, mm -hmm. one of our policies specifically is healthcare. Um, I am a type one diabetic, um, and I am gonna turn 26 in two months and lose my health insurance. It's terrible. Um, Not only that, but 26 is basically retirement age for a porn star. Yet Kenny is still willing to give up his earnings for Warren. But how much are we talking? So I charge $9.99. For a year? A month. That's more than Disney Plus. I mean, if Elsa starts shoving a dildo up her butt, maybe Disney Plus would start charging more. Um. Well, I mean, I'll tell you something. If I could see Baby Yoda's butthole, I'd max out for Warren, too. People think Baby Yoda's cute, but I know he nasty. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. Uh, okay. He's 50. He's just supposed to look like a baby. Okay. Um, and I started this campaign last Wednesday, and I have raised close to, if not exceeded, about $6,000. You've raised $6,000 since Wednesday? Yeah. All these people literally just want to see my butthole. And to raise money for Elizabeth Warren. Absolutely, that as well. As more and more candidates drop out, you can just feel the general election poking through. It's obvious Kenny is flexible, but does that flexibility extend to his political loyalties? Has Elizabeth Warren always been your candidate, or did you ever think about doing a Yang Bang? Um, no, I'm I'm Team Warren all the way. What if the more moderate candidate wins the nomination? Would that just be like over the shirt stuff, or? Um, I don't even know if I would have a sex drive at that point. You could experiment. I mean, have you ever tried the sex position where you blindfold yourself and just stumble around and keep getting in your own way? It's called the Biden. Yeah, not my favorite. Well, blue no matter who. Blue no matter who. Kenny's willing to put his ass on the line for any Democratic candidate. Do you have any advice for young people who want to be more involved? Uh, use your voice and register to vote. We really have the power to flip this entire country around. Democracy was built on the backs of brave young people. And sometimes that involves f***ing on a Domino's pizza. We'll be right back. My guest tonight served as a White House senior advisor and campaign manager for President Barack Obama. His new book is called A Citizen's Guide to Beating Donald Trump. Please welcome David Plouffe. Welcome. Um, let's jump straight into it. This is a night that, what, 72 hours ago, people said wouldn't happen. Biden said he was fine the entire time. <laughs> Did he know something that we didn't, or has he, have his hopes just paid off? No, it's remarkable. I mean, 72 hours ago, he was down to his last political life. 
Now he's probably the front runner for the Democratic nomination. It's a remarkable 72 hours in American politics. It, it really is an interesting time where, you know, we're going to witness the Democratic Party once again go on a similar journey to what we saw in 2016, where it looks like you will have two candidates who represent two very different ideologies of what the Democratic Party is going to be. Looking at the race from here onwards, who do you think has the advantage? Well, I'm gonna nerd out a little bit on math. So, you know, if you look at the states that are coming after today, Florida, Louisiana, Georgia, states where you've got high suburban vote that Biden did really well in tonight, mm -hmm. and a lot of African-American vote, and that's really been the cornerstone of his comeback. Right. I think you give Biden the advantage, um, particularly if it gets down to a two-person race. I mean, Bloomberg, obviously, probably we can, he's, hours, days at most, before this adventure's over. Right. And Elizabeth Warren's got a tough decision to make. So I would give Biden the advantage. But listen, Sanders has been a strong candidate. He's run a strong campaign. He's got a great organization. And he's not going to go down without a fight. What, what do you think that fight looks like, though? Because this is, this is one of the more interesting conversations in and around the Democratic Party, is can the Democrats fight, but then still come together the way Republicans did before 2016? Well, listen, I went through a really tough primary in 2008, the Obama-Clinton primary. So I, I think if we lose, it's not because we didn't come together. You have to work at it. But, you know, I think it's really a question between Bernie Sanders' campaign manager actually gave an interview tonight where he said, it's not enough to simply beat Trump. You know, we have to beat Trump and bring a revolution. Mm -hmm. And so my guess is right now about 55 to 60% of the party saying, it's enough just to beat Trump. Right. And you've got the Sanders base. So I think, listen, because we're talking about Trump, the menace... The threat of him getting eight years versus four is so right. profound that I think we'll come together. Let's talk about your book, A Citizen's Guide to Beating Donald Trump. It's interesting that you say a citizen's guide, as in not parties, not politicians, right. but just people on the ground. What do you think people can do beyond just voting to beat Donald Trump? What does that mean? You know, you wrote in your book, actually, the thing we should fear more than failure or rejection is regret. And I want people to think about late on the night of November 3rd, or early in the morning of November 4th, Donald Trump strides across the ballroom at Mar-a-Lago with his grifter family mm -hmm. and accepts a second term having won the election. How will we all feel? They have Fox, they have Sinclair, they have Breitbart, they've got Putin, they've got the Russians, they've got an incumbent president who's obsessed with nothing else in winning re-election. We need all of us to give what time we have on social media, registering voters, knocking on doors, getting in the content game. Because if we have a disaggregated army of millions of people, we can fight back. But he's gonna be really tough to beat. There's nothing he won't do. There's no low he won't sink to right. to win re-election. And so I think there's enough people out in America to defeat him. We gotta register him, we gotta turn him out, and we gotta persuade enough of him. Some might say, yeah, David, I get this, but last time Hillary won by millions more votes and it didn't make a difference. So does that mobilization matter if people have drawn a map in such a way that the Electoral College defines the victor more than the popular vote? Hey, that's the rules we've got to play by. You know what I mean? So, so what do you think people do in that regard then? So we've got to win, you know, Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Arizona, North Carolina, Florida, Georgia. These mm -hmm. are going to come down to literally a vote or two per precinct. So one of the things I write about in the book is if you go register voters for an afternoon in Michigan and you might register two people, you think, what does that matter? But if five other thousand people are doing it that same day and they do it the next day, right. and they do it all through September and October, that's more than enough to voters to win. So you've got to think your contribution in the aggregate. And my point in the book is I hope we have a great nominee and a great campaign, but we can't count on that. 
We've got to take ownership of this. And honestly, if there's more you could do on election night that you didn't do and Donald Trump wins, my message, it's a tough message, is you deserve Donald Trump. We all have to take this country back. And it won't happen without that kind of individual effort by millions of Americans. You, you were on Obama's campaign. It was, it, was, it was considered by many one of the most revolutionary grassroots movements. What do you think the big difference was with Barack Obama's campaign for president and what the Democrats did in 2016 with Hillary? Well, I will say we had a really good 2018 congressional elections in part because so many citizens got involved. Mm -hmm. Listen, Obama inspired millions of Americans to give time that they didn't have, they gave financially, they really laid it all on the line. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we didn't have enough of that in 16. I think a lot of people thought that Trump would lose. I thought he would lose. Right. Uh, and Hillary didn't inspire that same kind of passion. I hope we have a nominee who makes people excited about them, but I know eight years of Donald Trump is not twice the damage. We will not recover, the planet will not recover from four more years of this guy. This is an existential threat to the entire enterprise. Uh, and so I think that, but my point is, yes, you wanna be inspired. Yes, you wanna be asked. Right. Don't wait, take it into your own hands. Take it into your own hands. Thank right. you so much for being on the show. A really, really fascinating book. A Citizen's Guide to Beating Donald Trump is available now. David Pluff, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast. 